your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing and want to ensure you never miss another episode, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so costs you zero cents and ensures you always stay up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. Before we get into the meat of our episode tonight, which is going to be a very fun one, I promise, I did want to tell you about a brand new podcast that the Locked On Network is very proud to unveil. I think you're going to love it. We've got a brand new podcast that will help you get hockey smart. The Crosscheck Podcast, hosted by Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, goes deeper into NHL stories than any other podcast with the help of the smartest minds on ice. Follow the Crosscheck Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And now on to the very tasty meat of tonight's episode, which I think you've all been waiting for. It is time to discuss Winnipeg versus Edmonton, the series in which Winnipeg actually swept the Oilers 4-0 and against all odds have prevailed to move on to round number two. Let's talk about the end of last night's game, which was at this point kind of a, uh, a long one, right? So we left off uh, on yesterday's episode talking about the first couple of periods. Winnipeg and Edmonton came out buzzing in the first period, and then the Jets kind of started to sit back as the game continued to wear on and Winnipeg was getting a little bit more nervous. You could tell that the Jets were not really wanting to risk too much with a 3-0 series lead. Losing yesterday's game wouldn't have been the end of the world, but obviously finishing off the series and getting a few days off of rest before facing round two would have been a really nice occurrence. So the Jets kind of, for me, they weren't pressuring enough, especially as they entered the third period. Part of that, though, is I think the team was just exhausted. Winnipeg was very much out of gas. You could tell that guys were struggling to skate. And, of course, the team had just played the night before. But I think Edmonton had the same excuse, too. And the Oilers always looked faster. In some fairness to the Jets, it also will always look faster with the Oilers because McDavid is just that kind of skater. But, you know, everyone on Edmonton was definitely playing aggressively. You could tell that there was a sense of desperation around the team. Even McDavid, who had a couple of points in the series, didn't really look happy at any point. If anything, what you got from McDavid was just frustration and pent-up anger rather than joy and elation. This was a guy who was watching his team really crumble in front of Winnipeg and not really having answers to how to get around it. I think it's also important to note that Edmonton actually didn't play all that poorly. For the most part, I thought that they were the more dangerous team across most of the series, and the same was true in last night's game. At various points, the Oilers were really cutting open Winnipeg's slot, and I felt like the Jets were a little bit fortunate. One thing, though, that is very similar between the Jets and the Oilers is that when they make a mistake, it often ends up in the back of your net. And certainly, with the Jets down 3-2, to two, you could sense that Edmonton thought it may have had some control. And then, of course, uh, Ethan Bear and Slater Kekic ended up turning over the puck. And thanks to an absolutely beautiful sequence with Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, and Blake Wheeler, the Jets actually scored to tie the game. It was one of the rare opportunities for the Jets to actually score because, you know, for the most part, it was difficult to find space, especially when McDavid's line was on the ice. Anytime McDavid was out there, which was, it felt like for half the game, you know, Edmonton was definitely pressuring, they were the more aggressive team, and the Jets were just trying to sit back and hope for the best. Despite all of the skating and stuff, it probably would surprise you to know that both teams really struggled to create actual shots on goal. They had some scoring chances that went wide and all, but for the most part, both teams just seemed like they were very tired. 
by the time either squad would get to the other's opposing end of the ice, you know, there would be like six bodies in front of the net. So the shot attempts would actually get blocked. And of course, both goalies didn't always have stuff to actually deal with because the puck was dying before it even reached them. Connor Hellebuck was probably the one making the more dangerous saves because, you know, Edmonton, especially at certain points with guys like Dreisaitl and McDavid and Puyo Yarvi, they were getting the better looks overall, but it's not like the Jets weren't creating some really good chances either. Unfortunately for, you know, both parties, neither team could actually find the breakthrough goal heading into the end of the third period of regulation, and so then went to overtime. And by this stage, the Jets were basically out of gas. You could tell that, like, Winnipeg could not move. And Edmonton, for some parts of their team, also looked like they were dying. If you want to know just, like, a really insane stat, you know, because of the uh, the Kekuk and Bear turnover, um, <laughs> Dave Tippett decided that running Darnell Nurse out there for almost half the game ended up being the right decision. If you ask me putting out, like, a number four defender for, uh, what was it, 62 minutes on the night, I can't really call that a good decision at all. In fact, that sounds like insanity to me. Want to know how I'm aware that this is actually a really bad idea? It's because I watched Winnipeg put Derek Forbord out there for like half the game as well, and that doesn't really go all that well, generally speaking. It kind of sucks when you don't want to put out players you feel are struggling, but unfortunately you gotta do it, you know? You've gotta divvy up ice time, make a sacrifice here and there, and understand that they are gonna make mistakes, it's part of the process, no one's gonna be perfect. And for Edmonton's sake, if they were really concerned about, you know, playing another game after this, then they don't want to burn Darnell Nurse out playing almost two full games, even three full games of hockey, when it's literally not necessary. You know, Kekuk and Bear, you probably don't want to trust with, like, really defensive shifts, but for the most part, I felt like the Jets were sitting back, and so it wouldn't have been a bad idea to at least give Darnell Nurse and some of the other defenders a little bit of a breather. It's clear, though, that uh, Tippett was definitely running the bench to try and salvage the series and less so thinking about game number five or even six at that point. So it does partially explain why he went this route. But unfortunately for him and fortunately for the Jets, it ended up not paying off. Winnipeg got a really nice offensive counter sequence where for some reason Kyle Connor wasn't back checking at all. McDavid was carrying the puck from the neutral zone into the offensive zone, and I don't know if he was just sort of lazily handling it, or if he was maybe surveying his passing options, didn't see Neil Pionk in front of him, but Pionk dispossesses McDavid of the puck, and then bounces the puck off the wall along the right side to the neutral zone, finding a Kyle Connor just sitting in the neutral zone, completely left alone while Edmonton's doing a line change. Kyle streaks in, scores the game winner in overtime. This time it was like a triple overtime period, and Winnipeg moves on to round number two against either of Toronto or Montreal. Sometimes the impossible happens, and Winnipeg sweeping the Edmonton Oilers was nothing I was ever prepared for. I thought that the Oilers might win in six games. If the Jets were to pull off a victory, it wouldn't have shocked me if they went six to seven games, but a four-game sweep simply wasn't on the cards, and I think there are a couple of very key reasons as to why the Jets were able to pull this off. We'll talk about those reasons in just a moment. Before then, though, I wanted to tell you about Lucy and why their nicotine alternatives are a great option if you're looking for a better way to move away from smoking. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Lucy's researched and developed two alternatives, gum and lozenges, for the past three years. Made for people, not patients. The gum comes in three great flavors including wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate, and features 4 milligrams of nicotine. The lozenges, which also contain 4 milligrams of nicotine, come in cherry ice, citrus, and mint flavors. Lucy is FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. It's convenient and discreet. Lucy can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even at the gym. It's 2021, and it's time to get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. 
This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't even have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Like I mentioned earlier, Lucy lozenges and gum are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend pre-tax dollars on them. Locked On NHL listeners can go to lucy.co and use promo code Locked On NHL to get 20% off all products in your first order, including gum or the lozenges. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Go to lucy.co now. When it comes to buying car parts, it's often a very painful process. For those of us who aren't experienced and don't know what we're looking for, it can be a really daunting challenge. And even if you have bought car parts before, you might not know the best prices to be paying. Maybe you're actually getting ripped off. And if you're tired of wasting time and money, then you should go to rockauto.com right now. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their intuitive, easy-to-use website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set price range filters so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com's diverse catalog is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick and mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else when rockauto.com has the best selection and pricing around? There are zero membership fees and all customers pay the same prices no matter what. When you place your order, be sure to write locked on the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and start saving today. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are talking about Winnipeg's uh, sweeping victory over the Edmonton Oilers. We talked about the last game, in particular game number four, which ended at, uh, wow, like 2 a.m. this morning for me, probably like one or so around where you folks are. So after talking about the game, I wanted to give a bigger perspective on the series, which I think there are a couple of very key storylines. The first is that Edmonton actually was the better team for a lot of these games. And I wouldn't say like that the score lines or anything are like super unfair, but I would also say the Jets probably are a little bit more fortunate than people realize. That's because the very clear series MVP for me is Connor Hellebuck. This guy was an absolute brick wall and did everything in his power to keep the Jets in it. No matter how well or poorly the Jets were playing, Connor Hellebuck just seemed to be a pretty steady constant. He really didn't have many soft goals against. In fact, I thought he was just marvelous for almost the entire series. He had a 950 save percentage which is about as stupendous as you could possibly ask. And he saved close to around seven goals above expectation based on the shot quality and shot quantity the Jets were surrendering. For a four-game sample size, those sorts of numbers are pretty ludicrous. So, you know, Connor Hellebuck, absolutely the series MVP for me. He's playing like a Vezina-caliber goalie again, which he's been doing at parts throughout most of this season. But now it's even sweeter because he helped sweep the Oilers. I would also say that for the Jets, I think they did do a couple of things really well, especially in games one and two. They really frustrated McDavid and and Drysaddle, which is kind of a Herculean task. Pissing off McDavid and really shutting him down is not something that anyone in the North had figured out this year. Even in previous games against the Jets, it was very clear that McDavid and Drysaddle and Puyarvi were way too much for the Jets to handle. And even when they weren't playing those lines, you know, Winnipeg was sitting back, sitting very deep and not really pressuring Edmonton. I have to give major props to the Jets for pulling it together and managing to do a very good job of frustrating Edmonton because like once you got McDavid and some of these other guys off their game, the rest of the Oilers really couldn't make up the difference. To beat Hellebuck, you have to be basically perfect, right? Because Connor himself was in rare form. He was just dominating out there, really wasn't giving Edmonton many good looks. So, you know, overall, I would say... The Jets did a pretty alright job in some very specific categories. As the series wore on and McDavid started to wake up, yeah, it wasn't going nearly as well. The 55 line in particular defensively was really struggling late, and the D pairs were struggling quite a bit. 
That said, seeing Neil Pionk continue to harass McDavid like he did during the regular season was a very welcome sight. Neil Pionk, man, I gotta say, I really want to see him extended and maybe get an alternate captain on his shoulder. I'm actually not even joking now. I feel like he's really important to this team. I think that he has done a very good job of showing what I consider to be on nice leadership and, and grit. He shows a lot of heart. He's actually very good, too. Um, a couple of plays in yesterday's game in particular stood out. Even when the team was completely out of gas, Pionk was oftentimes the last guy running back into position to try and disrupt either Ryan Nugent Hopkins or McDavid at the last possible second, and actually succeeded. I think that's one of the things that I most admire about Pionk is that, you know, even when he's totally out of gas and can barely skate, he's constantly the first guy back, constantly trying to chase down opposing skaters, and he actually does make it work despite it looking very awkward. He's probably one of the more unconventional Jets defenders we've had, something like a weird fusion of like Dustin Bufflin and Tobias Enstrom. Nowhere near as effective defensively as either of those guys, but he certainly has a lot of versatility. He does quite a bit at both ends of the ice, so you really can't complain. He's like an excellent second pairing guy, maybe even like a decent first pairing player. Hard to say on the first pairing part, but certainly as like a number three or a number two, I feel like that's a pretty fair region. I definitely thought he had a pretty nice series overall considering what he was asked to do and uh, very impressed with him. I'd also say that Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler and even Kyle Connor to an extent, they all had a pretty okay offensive series. Wheeler in particular was showing off some moves that we really haven't seen from him throughout most of this series and really the season because he was apparently playing through cracked ribs at the start of this year which is pretty bad. I don't know why they would force him to play like first line minutes or if he would even ask for that. If he's the one pushing for that, that's kind of bad on his part too, but, you know, pro athletes are pro athletes. The team ultimately has to be the final decision maker, and uh, unfortunately it did cost the Jets, but Blake's looked very good in the past couple of games, even if his on-ice results are still a little bit mixed. I mean, that line, you know, it's not great defensively, um, so it's been better than I expected. They've done some pretty decent things. I, I think it's an okay line, you know, compared to where it was earlier this season. It still has some of the same defensive issues, but at least it can score. Now, while I am talking about a lot of positives, there were a couple of things that I think probably are, are worth repeating for the next round and certainly beyond. The Jets, you know, for all of their, their strengths and, and certainly some of the great performances we got from this team, there are a couple of things that probably need to be looked at before the Jets play either Montreal or the, the Maple Leafs. Before we get to the grittier points of some uh, things for improvement, I did want to tell you about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. A site that'll backstop you just like Connor Hellebuck saves the Jets. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball and hockey season are in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international soccer, and all the fabulous sports in between. Before that next pitch or face-off, head on over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter all the contests your heart desires. Stop sitting on the sidelines and win as your favorite teams win on their road to glory for playoffs. Go to betonline.ag on your desktop, laptop, or mobile device and sign up for a free account today. When you're registering, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. I hope you all have been savoring the really happy moments of Winnipeg's 4-0 sweep over the Edmonton Oilers. 
Now comes the less fun part, maybe some things the Jets need to work on. They are probably going to get about a week off or so, which is actually super helpful because the Jets frankly look gassed after the past couple of games. They've had a very congested schedule, certainly the back-to-back did not help, and playing Edmonton is always a very physical, draining affair. All that said, there are some things that I think are worth pointing out, Um, and notably it's going to start with the defense. You know, Derek Forbort probably needs to have his minutes dialed back, I felt like Forboard has been playing way too many minutes as of late, and it's been a trend over the past couple of months that his performance on ice has definitely been declining. He's certainly getting a lot of ice time, and in fact, he was one of the leading jet skaters last night, which is not super great. He just looks like he physically can't keep up, and when he starts making a lot more mistakes and turnovers, it tends to be a very chaotic situation in his own end. A lot of his defensive plays often look like they're more out of desperation and more like him trying to bail himself out than something that's anticipated and effectively done, so I wouldn't mind seeing less ice time for him. I think he could probably do with a few more shifts off, but, you know, I don't really know who you would pair with Pionk. Maybe somebody like Morrissey for a few shifts, since Josh tends to play a lot. Um, Jordy Ben maybe could come in for Forbort for a game or two. I just feel like Derek definitely needs the rest. He's looking pretty worn down, and I don't think he's all that healthy, to be honest. It looks like he's still got some kind of an ailment, because, to be honest, at times he doesn't really seem like he can move. I would also like the Jets to maybe think about how to deploy Pierre-Luc Dubois best, because he has really struggled at times over this uh, over the series and really this entire season. PLD, I-, I can tell, is a very talented player, and there are certainly moments where you can see some of those really good slot-driving abilities some really nice creative playmaking, and some pretty good passing and vision, but a lot of times he just really passes into aimless space, expecting somebody to be there and not really on the same page. Some of his issues are probably chemistry-related with his line mates. It doesn't seem like he's always on the same page as some of the guys he's playing with, but I also think he does have some limitations with his decision-making and comfort level in Winnipeg's system, so maybe try to move him around to, to center or something again. See if you can kind of put him in a role that makes him thrive and feel more comfortable. It's tough because when PLD is really bad, he's really bad. Like, he had a couple of really nightmarish games against the Oilers. Games that were so bad that they would have been among the worst of his career had they not had a couple of shifts and stuff where he was actually good again. Dubois is an interesting player, and I feel like he does actually have plenty of useful skill sets and tools that the Jets can make use of, but for now, he's really struggling, so I wouldn't mind changing things up just a bit. I'd also look at how to rearrange the uh, the third line. I would probably move Cop up to the second line. Maybe a Cop, Stastny, and Perot, or Cop, Dubois, and Perot line would be really nice. I think that that unit would succeed quite a bit, especially on the forecheck and attacking low spaces. Certainly, they all have the skill sets that could do that. Just as long as you split the third line up, I think those parts actually work better away from one another rather than all together. And I would also think about what to do with the fourth line, because the Thompson line has kind of been getting killed by the Oilers. So, uh, against a team like Toronto, which seems like Winnipeg's most likely opponent, with the Leafs winning a uh, another important game tonight and taking a 3-1 to series stranglehold over the Habs, you know, um, Toronto plays a pretty fast game in certain areas, and they have a lot of really good crisp puck movement. While their edge work and, and acceleration and vertical speed might not be, like, super fast compared to someone like McDavid, that doesn't really matter when they've still got really dynamic attackers like Nylander, Matthews, Marner. All these guys have uh, speed and, and skills in other ways that don't always mean just pure skating speed. The really fast puck movement part is what's going to kill the Jets if they aren't careful, so I'm curious to know how they would approach Toronto. I actually feel like against the Leafs, 
the Jets are probably going to have a more even series even if they end up losing, but we're going to find out. I mean, it's going to be a very interesting outing. I don't think Montreal really has anything left in the tank, and they'll be fortunate to win one more game. So for now, I would expect Toronto to be Winnipeg's next opponent. Going to be a very tight series. Hopefully the Jets can prevail and move on to the third round. We'll find out in hopefully about a week or so. But for the rest of this week, we'll maybe talk about some of the other scorelines from around the league, take a look at some of the early first-round series, and think about the Jets' long-term plans after this postseason. That will do it for tonight's show, though. Before you log off, don't forget to check out the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!